and the clouds hung low and soft, pink-bellied. Going to rain, likely, by the morning. He saw Jamie close his eyes just for an instant, saw his throat move as he swallowed, and felt the trembling of Jamie's thigh near his own. What the devil's happened? he thought in anguish. Why are ye here? It wasn't until everyone had settled for the night that Ian got an answer. I'll lay out your gear, he whispered to Jamie, rising. You stay by the fire that wee bit longer. Rest a bit, I. The firelight cast a ruddy glow on Jamie's face, but he thought his friend was likely still white as a sheet. He hadn't eaten much. Coming back, he saw the dark spots on the back of Jamie's shirt, blotches where fresh blood had seeped through the bandages. The sight filled him with fury as well as fear. He'd seen such things. The Wayne had been flogged, badly and recently. Who? How? Come on then, he said roughly, and bending got an arm under Jamie's and got him to his feet and away from the fire and the other men. He was alarmed to feel the clamminess of Jamie's hand and hear his shallow breath. What? he demanded the moment they were out of earshot. What happened? Jamie sat down abruptly. I thought one joined a band of mercenaries because they didn't ask you questions. Ian gave him the snort this statement deserved and was relieved to hear a breath of laughter in return. Egypt, he said. Do you need a dram? I've got a bottle in my sack. Wouldn't I come amiss? Jamie murmured. They were camped at the edge of a wee village and de Glees had arranged for the use of a buyer or two but it wasn't cold out and most of the men had chosen to sleep by the fire or in the field. Ian had put the gear down a little distance away, and with the possibility of rain in mind, under the shelter of a plane tree that stood at the side of a field. Ian uncorked the bottle of whisky. It wasn't good, but it was whisky, and held it under his friend's nose. When Jamie reached for it, though, he pulled it away. Not a sip do you get until you tell me, he said. And you tell me now, a carriage. Jamie sat hunched, a pale blur on the ground, silent. When the words came at last, they were spoken so softly that Ian thought for an instant he hadn't really heard them. My father's dead. He tried to believe he hadn't heard, but his heart had. It froze in his chest. Oh, Jesus, he whispered. Oh, God, Jamie. He was on his knees then, holding Jamie's head fierce against his shoulder, trying not to touch his hurt back. His thoughts were in confusion, but one thing was clear to him. Brian Fraser's death hadn't been a natural one. If it had, Jamie would be at Lallebroch, not here, and not in this state. Who? he said hoarsely, relaxing his grip a little. Who killed him? More silence. Then Jamie gulped air with a sound like fabric being ripped. I did, he said, and began to cry, shaking with silent, tearing sobs. It took some time to winkle the details out of Jamie. And no wonder, Ian thought. He wouldn't want to talk about such things either, or to remember them. The English dragoons who'd come to Lallybroch to loot and plunder, who'd taken Jamie away with them when he'd fought them, and what they'd done to him then, at Fort William. A hundred lashes, 
he said in disbelief and horror, for protecting your home. Only sixty the first time, Jamie wiped his nose on his sleeve, for escaping. The first time... Jesus, God, man, what... how... Would you let go my arm, Ian? I've got enough bruises. I don't need any more. Jamie gave a small, shaky laugh, and Ian hastily let go, but wasn't about to let himself be distracted. Why? he said, low and angry. Jamie wiped his nose again, sniffing, but his voice was steadier. It was my fault, he said. It... what I said before about my... He had to stop and swallow, but went on, hurrying to get the words out before they could bite him in a tender place. I spoke chuff to the commander, at the garrison, Ken. He... well, it's no matter.